your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. DGK rides its seven-game win streak into Toronto, where the Leafs have won three straight. The Golden Knights spent a lot of practice time on Monday on special teams, primarily on the PK. And there's no silver lining so far for the Henderson Silver Knights. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Tony Dasco. He is at TD Chris G. We are at Lockdown BGK and Lockdown VGK on YouTube. Please make sure that you subscribe today. So game four, Chris, of this road swing today, four o'clock. Love these four o'clock starts, uh, Las Vegas time. And Chris and I pretty much last week when we made our predictions about this upcoming uh, trip, we said six points, right, would be pretty good for this five-game road trip. I I was with five. I was on five. Okay. So, yeah. So they're ahead of schedule, I would have to imagine. So these pretty much are our gravy uh, games, the next two uh, coming up for VGK. They've already ensured that they have a winning uh, road swing. Uh, they have the game tonight at Toronto. And then, of course, they play at Buffalo. Um, back uh, earlier in October, VGK defeats Toronto by a final of 3-1 to one at T-Mobile Arena. Chandler Stevenson had that game-winning goal, as we recall. And uh, LT had a pretty light night, a light load in uh, net, just 23 saves. Uh, and 13 shots in the last two periods uh, for Toronto, which perhaps the trend will change tonight. This could be a much different team. Um, at that point, I just remember after the game, Chris, where we heard uh, Sheldon Keefe say uh, he claimed that VGK was much better in every facet of the game. And uh, Keefe comes off the hot seat, which was getting hotter. Uh, <laughs> now as Toronto has won three straight games and uh, now – Uh, They come off of the win against Boston, the hottest team, perhaps one of the top two, along with VGK in the NHL. They win in Charlotte against the Canes. Um, Should be a good one tonight. At any point uh, during this road swing, are we going to see fatigue and leg weariness set in? Because right now, you know, VGK, I'm surprised that they haven't gotten tired on this road trip. It's game, what, 14 of the regular season right now. The games are nice and spaced out. Um, They've been traveling now for a week, maybe plus or minus a day, depending on when they left Vegas. I'm assuming they left last Sunday. So I don't think fatigue is going to be an issue. I don't think jet lag is going to be an issue. I don't think the time zone is going to be an issue. I think uh, as far as that side, they're, they're ready to roll on this one. Uh, something I guess I'll cite is this is the second time this season we're playing a team for the second time. The first time was the Winnipeg Jets. First time we handled the Jets really well. Second time uh, the game wound up going the distance. I think you can give a lot of that credit to Hellebuck. And obviously Toronto is in a different situation with their goaltenders right now. So Toronto's doing Toronto things right now. It's a very unstable season. They had a four-game losing streak that VGK actually started. And then, as you cited, now they're on a three-game winning streak. Uh, you look at their stats. I mean, there's I think they have three players right now that are on a point per game clip. Uh, da, 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 here it comes. Uh, 
So Tavares, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, they're all sitting at 13 points or greater right now. Um, as a team, you got a lot of a lot of players that are on the minus side. As a team, their plus minus goal ratio is, I believe it is a plus three or a plus four, whereas the VGK is sitting around plus 18 or plus 19 right now. So Toronto's a little bit unstable right now. This is not an unexpected Toronto-type season for those types of numbers. And I do wonder what adjustments that they're going to make now that they'll have the the second change, if you will. They'll be able to uh, match up lineups and things like that. I do think that's maybe one of the things that we can um, attribute to VGK's defensive issues on this trip so far. They've given up a lot more goals on the road. And I'm not knocking them. That just might be a trait of teams once they do travel. They're not able to get the matchups as easily. So let's see how VGK adjusts. Let's see how Toronto adjusts. And again, I, I know we keep alluding this, but maybe you got a little bit of a trap game right now. We're on a seven-game winning streak, won three games that could have gone either way. In Montreal, we were in a better spot, but two out of three games on the trip could have gone either way, definitely not VGK's way. Obviously, uh, Thursday's game is circled not just by Jack Eichel, but everyone on the team wants to get a win on Thursday. So maybe this is the team that kind of gets uh, – this is the game that kind of gets thrown by the wayside. I don't know. Yeah, a little look ahead perhaps for VGK and rightfully so for Jack Eichel's sake. Right now, Jack Eichel is leading this team in plus minus. Who's Which leading I the team in faceoff percentage? Uh, probably Jack Eichel. Now, he's Who's not leading the circle. NHL in faceoff percentage? Jack Eichel. Chandler Stevenson. Chandler Stevenson. How about that? I saw that. Uh, uh, that's I forgot which Facebook group dug that up, and I, I verified it this morning. I, that's, that's pretty tremendous. amazing. Yeah, that's my favorite. Well, him and Eichel, I think, are my two faves, my two besties, honestly. Uh, okay, so we have a, a goaltending situation there in the six in Toronto, in TDOT, if you will. Uh, so we've got uh, Ilya Samsonov. He was in the cage in that first meeting against BGK made 30 saves on the night, but he is now out after he sustained an injury. He was attempting to save the Brad Marchand penalty shot in the game against Boston. So he goes down, and now you have Eric Kalgren, uh, who doesn't have very much experience. This kind of mirrors VGK in a sense in that they played very well defensively in front of Kalgren, um, especially I watched that uh, Canes game a couple of days ago. Matt Murray is on the men. Uh, they say that he could be back at practice as early as today, but he's nowhere near ready. But they do have some issues. They have uh, Keith Petrazuli is their back. Who is their backup goaltender there? Uh, and so tonight, I think we're going to see an interesting matchup. But this Toronto team has learned to play defensively in front of the netminder. Uh, they kept the puck in the in the offensive zone pretty much played keep away. So it was a light evening for Calgren there a couple of nights ago. And uh, Logan Thompson, I have to feel, will be facing much more than 23 shots in this game. And to your point, to your point, uh, Toronto now has made those necessary changes uh, with their lines and particularly the bottom six. So they did make some adjustments to your point. And tonight I think it's going to be an interesting matchup of, uh, of the minds, so to speak, because uh, the coaches, I think, are both making a lot of changes and alterations. And now you have some game film right from that first meeting. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, there's so much talent in Toronto, starting with Austin Matthews, obviously, who 
you know, has a shot at some point to go down as uh, the best or at least in the the top three as far as American-born NHL players go. Um, Mike Madano and uh, Patrick Kane, obviously, I think, being the top two uh, at this moment. And Austin will definitely get there. I mean, maybe this is where we uh, we get David Ayers in. You remember da- the David Ayers story, Tony? Yes. David Ayers was the, the emergency. Yep, he was the emergency goalie. So I believe this game was in Toronto. He... I only like call the EM, that's an electronic news gathering. <laughs> there you go. Um, emergency but, goalie. Yeah, the, the Hurricanes lose one of their goalies. They lose a goalie during the game. Here comes uh, David Ayers wearing Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> pads in Toronto that was awesome. that to was play awesome. for the Carolina Hurricanes. And he helps the Hurricanes get the victory. So that was um, certainly an interesting day. And with all the goaltending drama, who knows? And maybe we'll hit on this in the third segment, but I'm curious if there's any scouts at the Dollar Loan Center this evening, uh, obviously watching Laurent Brassois' game. And maybe uh, we'll see uh, some Toronto uh, mascots in, or mascots of Toronto. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Some scouts. Toronto uh, scouts in the house checking that game out. <laughs> He's and, got his jersey ready. I posted yeah, it. Yeah, no, it, well, no, here, here's. I got I got the workaround. Michael Hutchinson. He still got the Toronto Marlies helmet. <laughs> there you go. There let's you get go. Let, let's get the Hutchinator back really up good. to Toronto and uh, get Patera his starts at the AHL level and get uh, Isaiah Seville back up or Papirni or Papirni. Let's get Papirni yeah. back up. It'd be great to have him up here in Henderson. We like that guy a lot. And absolutely, a week ago, uh, Sheldon Keith was on the real hot seat. Barry Trotz was saying he wanted to coach. You know, an original. Yeah, well, what's going on with Trotz all of a sudden? <laughs> right. So, Ooh. so I mean, the pressure that he was under, uh, and again, they come up with uh, four straight road L's, and you know, it was pretty tough. Um, another milestone tonight for Toronto. Uh, Tavares is a goal shy of 400, so they're going to be. He's on that watch tonight, uh, and that top line for uh, Toronto is very dangerous. Uh, with Matthews and Marner, uh, Tavares, uh, Nylander's also very good. Um, and then that bottom six, again, that they juggled some lines and they fixed some things from earlier this season, and now they're playing well, and they did hold the puck in the offensive end for a long time against the Hurricanes. And that, to me, is a concern when teams are able to manage the puck the way that Toronto has played. So this is a big thing, Tony, about uh, faceoffs. And Chandler Stevenson is on that top line, obviously, with Eichel. And it just because you're the, the the line one center does not mean you're going to be the first person to line up for a faceoff. A lot of times, the teams will actually line up a winger, basically to, for lack of a better term, cheat on the faceoff. And when I say cheat on the faceoff, I simply mean it's kind of like a tennis, maybe. When uh, the person, again, my terms are terrible when it comes to tennis. Uh, I'm not ever going to be a tennis expert, but sometimes that first serve, right, before it's the fault, I think is the terminology to use. They'll be more aggressive, try and, you know, put it right in the corner, right by the line. They'll hit the line. It'll be a fault. And then they'll they'll serve another one a little more conservatively. Kind of the same thing uh, as far as faceoffs go. You might see a winger come out. Uh, someone who's going to take a shot. They might line up. They might try and cheat to get that advantage and hope they catch the linesman sleeping a little bit. So maybe, you know, Chandler Stevenson is doing a good job being a little more under the radar with his ability to take faceoffs. But again, controlling the puck, it all starts with the faceoff. And having someone in that upper tier for faceoffs is something that VGK has not had much of. I did notice that Tomas Nosek was in the top like 15 or something like that. Eric Hollow was actually up there too. Um, but 
this is something that definitely going back to the Gallant era, they almost never worked on faceoffs. Gallant did not value faceoffs as high as other aspects of the game. Not knocking them, just coaches have different ways for doing different things. But when you win the faceoff in the offensive zone, you got Jack Eichel out there. Good things are going to happen, and puck control certainly in a game like this is key. And you mentioned to the bottom six in Toronto, kind of getting it together right now. This also just shows uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights how important it is to have a bottom six that is intact right now our energy line is doing what it needs to do with Colasar, Carrier, and Wah, and they're now start, starting to score a little bit too which is absolutely remarkable for that line line three is still kind of finding their way out there but they're not a liability by any means they're still playing good defense they're tough to play against and they are generating scoring chances and give it time i think that'll work itself out so you know a meeting of uh, two teams who are certainly in better form the asterisk, of course, is going to be the goaltending for Toronto. How about that? Not VGK right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surprisingly. And, you know, you talked about the importance of the faceoff. Manny Viveros, he went to the game the other night, and he was talking about a key faceoff where the player was, was moving, moving around a lot, and he was really irritated again in that faceoff circle. And so they are important. Coaches do pay attention to it. He wanted, you know, the the play to be called back. They scored a goal, I guess, uh, off of it, San Bernardino. But, yeah, very, very important there. Uh, Toronto, a team, you know, that just has to get out of this this rut. Again, they haven't won a series since, I think, 04. And then they've lost four consecutive game sevens. <laughs> That's their trademark uh, right there. Uh, Boston, I think, in 18 and 19. And then they lost to Montreal. And then last year uh, was Tampa, right, in game seven. So uh, they're trying to right that ship. And I can't imagine the fans. They've got great fans there, obviously, an OG six team. And hopefully they could turn it around. But not starting tonight, right? No, I mean, I hope not. Um, A couple of things, I guess. One of my first trips to Toronto was actually during – the conference final, I think the year you alluded to, 03, 04, something like that, 04. when they actually won playoff series and stuff like that. And <laughs> that back. environment was just absolutely electric. I wasn't, I mean, I was a hockey fan then, but I wasn't, you know, 10% of the hockey fan I am now as far as following the game on a daily basis and things like that. And I was absolutely blown away. I didn't go to the game. We just happened to be in Toronto while it was going on. But the environment was amazing, folks. It was absolutely electric. It was everything that we have around T-Mobile as far as uh, bars, restaurants, and just fanatics running around doing just fun things leading up to an original six franchise trying to make a run uh, to the Stanley Cup. So certainly uh, a ton of fun there. I had one more thing I wanted to go with this, and I can't remember what it was going to be. I don't know. Okay, that's all. we'll get back to it when we return. Coming up next, we're going to talk about VGK spending most of yesterday working on special teams and blocking shots to paying attention to all those details with the Golden Knights. Stay tuned. Back with more for this on Locked On Golden Knights. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On VGK listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. What I like most about Simply Safe's advanced technology, whether it is controlling your system from your phone with the app, watching the crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras, the wide variety of high tech sensors, all of that. And Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 
by U.S. News and World Report for a third consecutive year. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect. FastProtect's technology is exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get priority police response. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a buck a day. And of course, it is half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. Don't miss your chance today to save big on the only security system that we recommend. Both myself and Chris get 50% off of your new Simply Safe system at Simply Safe. That's S I M P L I safe.com slash NHL. Again, it is, uh, well, I always give out the wrong URL. I'm just a mess on this one. Simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. And that's it from yesterday. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And again, please make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On VGK. And thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast free and available wherever you get your podcast. Man, I just can't get that URL straight, man. I don't know. But at least I'm not in the fog. That was the strangest thing yesterday. So VGK, right, on Monday, Chris, they spent most of the day doing shot blocking drills. So I like, again, their attention to all these details, and that's what's making this team better, right? Each and every day, they're working on a different facet of the game. John Stevens, you know, we've talked about him uh, for a while, and we haven't talked mentioned his name in a, in a minute here, but he's improving. You know, Bruce Cassidy feels that the special teams are improving each and every day. And he wanted to work mostly yesterday on the penalty kill. And, you know, Cassidy said that Stevens wants this structure on the PK to improve, to be better. So, again, all these minor details, which, you know, the fans, you know, you mentioned face-offs. That's not a minor detail. It's a very big statistic. Uh, blocking shots. Alec Martinez is just terrific. And VGK has been been doing a really good job in clogging the lanes. Uh, and then also offensively uh, on the power play unit, they are creating more chances. We've seen the last couple of days improvement there. Uh, and then uh, also uh, they are getting more comfortable, these players, with their spots, right? They moved William Carlson out of the bumper spot, and now you have Mark Stone there, and I think it's been much more effective there. Uh, but again, all this attention to details and special teams I think it's a pretty good thing that they're working on these things that they felt were, I think, a liability in the past. So we talked about, I think it, was, it might have been the show last week this time about special teams and where VGK was. And I was surprised to see where they were ranked. And obviously we looked it up and they were right around the bottom third in both categories in PK and uh and a power play. And now our PK is still below league average. We're 17 and 20. we're 21st overall in the league. But again, you're only a few points away from being above the league average. So you certainly hope that category improves, especially the closer we get to the playoffs. Long way away, but a little bit of improvement week over week will go a long way to get the team ready for what now is hopefully going to be a long playoff run that I think the expectation, the new expectation, if you will, of uh season six 
the power play is now 14th overall, where I know that was in the bottom third. It was somewhere between 21 and 23, I believe, last mm-hmm. week when we talked about it. So things are moving the right direction for both special teams. And the fact that they're putting emphasis on the PK side of things certainly shows that it's on Cassidy's radar that they're hoping you know things improve. And I do remember just all the time I've watched Toronto live, you cannot put them on the power play. I mean, you can't put anyone on the power play, but Toronto, you know, especially if they load up a solid unit with Marner, Tavares, Austin Matthews, Nylander, et cetera, that is a tough, tough, tough unit to defend against. And this just goes back to all the leadership and stuff of Cassidy. How many practice, like we heard comments in the off season, we got to work on the power play under the DeBoer and stuff like that. It's got to get better. We heard that same nonsense for two years, unfortunately, and never did get better, but during the season, you never heard a lot of, okay, this week, you know, we're really putting emphasis on on uh, the PK and shot blocking and this, that, and the other. And I'm not necessarily knocking Gallant when I say this, but having that clarity, that transparency that, hey, this is what is being worked on right now, it certainly goes a long way. Now, folks, when your team is 11 and 2, it's all roses. Everything is great no matter what the coach says. But you know, again, for the moment, we're buying everything that Cassidy and company say, and it is radiating through the locker room, the honesty, clarity, transparency, and the fact that they're spending time on the PK. I'm certainly buying that's actually happening, number one. I'm buying that it's going to improve, and hopefully it does for the last two games of the roadie, and then we come back Saturday, which could be a, a an amazing environment, especially if uh, the VGK is riding at that point nine. a nine-game – yeah, I had to do the math there – a nine-game road trip. <laughs> A little foggy there, Tony. <laughs> a little, yeah. At least the fog didn't roll in uh, right here this morning. But yeah, I, again, like we never would have known about you know all these little intricacies, right? That they would practice, and right there out of the shoot, Cassie's like, yeah, worked on blocking shots. John Stevens on the PK. Um, he was my unsung hero, by the way. Remember when we did the San Jose Sharks uh, game? You know uh, when we did the the conversation crossover with the sharks folks yeah that was my guy but sure whatever you say tony (laughs) that was my guy uh cassidy also yesterday uh talked about jack eichel and i thought it was pretty interesting in what he said he said i always knew that he had the firepower you know to be a really good offensive player but he said he's better defensively than expected and the one thing that he said you know was that his first and second steps or would get the puck moving and get it, you know, out of the zone. And defensively, he said he's just much better than he thought. And you don't think of that, you know, in hockey terms, right, of the first and second step, like you might in in basketball per se. But it's so important. And that just furthermore, what we've talked about in the past is that explosiveness, right, of Jack Eichel. But he's become a much better, um, not a 200-foot player. No, he's been, I hate that, I hate that term, Uh, and you know why, but in any event, talk about Jack Eichel defensively. So, a couple things, he's been on the PK a lot, and not just out on the PK because a Howden or a Wah or someone along those lines are in the box, but they're putting him on the PK, at times PK1 even, depending on what the circumstances. Um, A couple times I felt it has been a bit of a liability. Um, there's been times he's been his players on the defensive side have beat him into that bumper position, so to speak. And, uh, you know, you can probably put a couple goals uh, that I don't want to blame Michael directly, but, you know, positioning is important on the PK, but he's learning. And I think 
Cassidy is trying to farther develop that part of the game to make him a better 200-foot player. They're trying to make, make him a stronger, more well-rounded player, which will help the overall game and have an additional weapon in the tool belt for the VGK. And if you're in a spot where, you know, there's five minutes left in the game, you're down a goal, you don't want Jack Eichel on the bench. I don't care what the scenario is down the road this season that could obviously pay dividends. Um, I was trying to think of, you kind of saw me gazing out into the distance there, but you made the comment about the first and second steps and what that means and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And the first comparison that I came up with was a wide receiver in football when they're, the the defending player is matched up right on the line of scrimmage against them. Not when they have a, a bit of a cushion, but when they're right there. And the best receivers, especially around the goal line, like when they try to get themselves ready for a fade route, they take two quick steps, maybe one, one juke or something like that. And it's really the same thing as far as what we're saying about the first and second steps. I mean, that is every inch of ice, folks. Like, again, I, uh, I'm going to beat the drum here like uh, – you know, like the when you see the people in the suits and on the NHL network and stuff holding the hockey sticks, trying to show you how it works here. But I referee all all different levels of beer league. On Sunday night, I was doing what's called e league. That's very low level hockey where the players at times will trip over the blue line without anyone being around them, present company included, folks. But then last night I was doing, I think it's rated as a B league, but it's pretty much an A league uh, down in Henderson. And you see the difference of the skill level in these players and how much less ice there is to work with and how much harder they have to work against each other to create those scoring chances. Those first and second steps are absolutely key because if you're in a spot where, you know, okay, let's talk about uh, overtime when there's a lot more space on the ice. Jack Eichel just needs one or two steps to to get something going. You saw how he got that goal against the Winnipeg Jets the other night. It took uh, just one or two steps once he came in from the blue line, and boom, he was in and gone, and BGK won that game. It's the same thing on breakouts. It's the same thing on the power play. It's the same thing on every inch of the ice, just doing everything you can to earn that open space. Time and space, right? That's what hockey is about, time and space. Well, there's... Four, there's five, there's 10, there's 14 different bodies to dodge on the ice when you count the, the officials and stuff. So there's not a lot of uh, inches available on the ice, not a lot of spaces. And when it comes to the time, you got the best players in the world trying to stop you from putting the puck in the net. So those first two steps, getting that one or two extra inches of ice could be the difference of uh, of winning or losing. I have to stand corrected. Plus minus Shea Theodore still leads plus 11, but Eichel is plus 10. So I don't want to give out any more false information than we already do. And, you know, you talk about uh, space, right? Uh, The game between uh, the Maple Leafs and the Canes, there wasn't a lot of room to maneuver. So I'm I'm expecting that same sort of tight checking game tonight. Uh, Again, Toronto has improved, but that was one of the reasons why they prevailed in that game. And it was a much different team, right, than I saw in the past. And how will VGK create space against Toronto tonight. I think it's what you just said. It's uh, little things like getting that first and second step. Uh, the breakout obviously is going to be key. And I think um, I really want to see if there's one thing, one improvement I want to see from what this road trip has brought is less time and space, as you will, for uh, the uh, for the opposition. There's been a lot of pucks just floating across a, a lot of old school two and even three line passes making their way across the neutral zone and springing odd man rushes or simply 
giving opportunities to the uh, opposing wingers uh, coming down that line, kind of a uh, Will Carrier-esque where he just, you know, barrel rolls like a, uh, who was it? Um, it might have been, I don't know if it was, um, if it was Gosher or Gary Lawless or, or Dan Duba, but they, they equated William Carrier to a running back version of an NHL player. And it's actually a great comparison, right? Just the way he finds a way just to barrel himself in from the side and things like that. So that's one of the ways you, you create that time and space. You just uh, rush the nets and try and do all the little things, but on the defensive side, really want to see the forwards uh, doing their part, especially the centers, making sure those stretch passes don't work their way across and almost maybe a little bit of season one, where maybe you put a little more pressure on uh, on the opposing breakout. Yeah. It wasn't there a three-on-one in the Montreal game, the Suzuki goal? Yes. So we are seeing it, – it, to me, it just was reminiscent. When I was watching the game the other night, uh, it was reminiscent of the DeBoer era, where, especially at the end, there were so many odd-man rushes. But we finished uh, they've limited one, at least. <laughs> okay. They've limited a lot of those chances uh, this season. Oh. So the broadcast team was talking about something other than the bad ice. I, I don't understand. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. There he goes. Sure. Whatever. Coming you say. Up, go ahead. You could finish this set, this segment. You had something else to say. Uh, we can give a give a a guess on the outcome. We can do our. Let's we do, can it. do it. So I am going to go with. I'm going to match the game uh, last time. BGK and Toronto played. I'm going to go with a three-one victory, and I'm going to say line three equates for two of the goals, uh, Howden, Amadio, Kessel, some combination, they are going to be involved in two of the three goals on the goal scoring or the assist side. I've got three, but the winning side I've got with Toronto, 3-2. I just think they're you're you know, martingaling, Tony. You're, you're just martingaling your VGK losses. You're, you're, you're <laughs> doubling down and chasing right now. I've got it. I've, I've got it. Well, they hit that six-point total. So now, like I said, it's gravy, but I still have not seen fatigue set in. And sooner or later on these long road trips, they have to they have to have a clunker. So tonight could be that night. Don't at me, folks. Don't at me. Uh, coming up next, the Silver Knights players say that they're getting some bad bounces, amongst other things, and they are off to that two and eight start. We'll talk about the Vegas. No, I call them the Green Valley Galants. We'll be back talking about the Henderson. Silver Knights, right after this. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, it is game to game, where you could see my man, Chris Golick, each and every moment, each and every top performance, every single result for VGK. Locked On Game to Game covers every game across the National Hockey League. We've got local analysis, like here in Las Vegas, with Chris Golick. And it's something that only Lockdown can deliver. Uh, follow Game to Game on Lockdown NHL, available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Chris, man. So I watched uh, one of the recent pressers after the last game for the Henderson Silver Knights. Same, same. Of the American. And I'll tell you one thing that really stood out. There's no chemistry on this team whatsoever. This is just my impression you've been there at the games and i'm just you know again in the back seat here uh i know daniel marimanoff holy smokes if his body language could have told you how upset he is with this start how he said they're not playing pretty much together 
uh, he rolled his eyes a couple of times. I think he was swearing in Russian, whatever. But they definitely do. They have a chemistry problem there because um, he was just saying that it really sucks to lose. So they are taking these games to heart. It's not like they're there in the American where they're just practicing, right, or just preparing for the next level. Very competitive. And Marimano just has these these Marimano eyes. Like he just – I mean, he was pretty mad and pretty bitter. And, you know, when he said that they're not playing for each other, that signaled an alarm to me. Am I correct? So I watched I watched the same presser. Daniil Marimanov is – probably in my opinion the most personable hsk that we have interacting with the crowd during the pregame skate shooting pucks over waving like i even i brought this up before he had a hat trick last year against the rockford ice hogs we were sitting on the glass i remember and it was after he had already scored the third goal and he was kind of going up to the not even walking up to the glass just kind of skating around just getting ready for a face-off coming off of a, a commercial break and he happened to make eye contact with the fan who probably was giving him thumbs up or hitting him you know hitting the glass whatever it was and he's kind of like shook his head and smiled like you know i have no idea what, what the heck i'm doing but uh i got a hat trick this is great so you know, to see him in the presser, that hurts. Like, that was certainly, that made me sad watching that same presser. And, you know, you certainly hope uh, that's the type of stuff that needs to change, right? I mean, winning is fun. When when the team is winning, everything's going well. It's great. When you're not, you know, you certainly see a different side of uh, the players out there. And someone who's as much fun and laid back as Miramanov, seeing him like that, it's it's certainly a bit painful to watch as you uh, always have an emo- some level of an emotional attachment to all the players and things like that. And, it seems like an intimidating environment. I'll be at the game tonight. I'll be there uh, on credentials. And what I just gathered is not going to be a whole lot of reporters in the seats. And you get a few questions in there. And you got to be careful there because if uh, you say the wrong thing, you might be the one to end the presser. I certainly don't want to do that. Um, I'll also be uh, going on with Coach Vivros, I believe, around 1045 via Zoom. Unfortunately, the practice got moved uh, from Henderson uh, from from lifeguard over the dollar loan center so no access but there will be a zoom that i'll be on so i'll be curious to see uh how coach vivros is doing after the practice and the mood and things like that and uh, f- figure out the right calculated questions to ask them um, there's support uh vivros did mention that the team does support each other they're they are there for each other to you know i mean you saw it firsthand that they were it was it was fight night on saturday 103 102 penalty minutes Game misconducts, fist flying. It was your type of game, Tony. That's my type of game, um, yes. But unfortunately, and he he cited the mental lapses. He cited puck luck. He did go as far ah, to make a comment about the, the bounces of the things. puck. No, no. And, and, and But Marimanov, though, like his direct response was like, we've got this thing in Russia where like you make your own luck. Like enough of that, right? There's just like a lot of excuses and the poor bounces and Cormier was like the same way, like, no. And I like the direct approach of Daniil Marimanov. And that's a guy that you can tell, right, is a leader. He's absolutely a leader. But Manny Viveros. And a lot of NHL experience, too. Yeah, but Manny, Manny Viveros, too, right? He looks beat up right him? now. He looks so beat up and worn down right so now. So beat up, and he stormed off the podium at the end. He stormed off. I don't know if you noticed that, but his uh, postgame presser was was not very, very good. He was mad. He was definitely fired up. He said his team is losing its cool. Yeah, and that's that's totally fair because the team also did come unwound. I mean, Pahal just friggin' decked a guy at the end of the game. Now, it (laughs) was to the point where 
you know, they were, there was chirping, there was chatter and, you know, Hall just lost it. And it was a fight, but I think he also got the game uh, for instigating. And it was interesting. The player that he was chirping with before he just freaking decked the guy after the gloves were off, they were yelling at each other and whatever it was, but he was holding up like the guy was wearing a wrist brace or something like that. So I don't know if the guy was trying to say, Hey, we're not going to fight because my wrist is broke or whatever's going on here, but Pahal still decked him. And so be it. I mean, that's what happens when, you know, things aren't going well. And, you know, we did mention this, maybe it takes the, the, the brawl or something like that, that type of game to get the team on the right side, but uh, they're playing uh, the, 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 the goals tonight who are, only one game better than the Silver Knights at three and seven, whatever it is. So two desperate teams on the ice tonight. And I, I want to formulate a question to, to the coach if I get the opportunity in a couple hours. What do you expect out of another team who is struggling similarly in the standings? Do you think it's more of a, a desperate type of game for both teams? Or is this just like any other game? And I'm curious what the response is. I'm curious what his body language is to that response and i hope i can frame it the right way without saying hey both teams are sucking right now how do we fix this because that's not at all the way i want it to come across marimata it sucks to lose it sucks to and it does suck to lose it, it, but, fair. but you know you know we we were talking okay players there for developmental purposes no they want they want to win they're competitive if i want to get win, one in like that too i, I want to ask about that today also i don't know i'm gonna i got to figure the right way to frame it but i want to get one in about that but, but if they're winning, I think it brings more attention to those players and their marketability. I of course. Of, no okay. doubt. I mean, Maybe it's... that's how they get up to that next level. Hey, we've just got like a minute and a half to yep. go here. But what do you? What can we expect out of uh, Laurent Brossois in Brovember tonight? And, and that's the question that I, I also do want to ask Coach about is he passed the test in game one. He passed the test in game one simply by finishing without a setback or a known injury. What improvements are we looking to see? Um, as far as what I would like to see is I like to like him to make a couple of saves that he shouldn't, right? There's going to be three-on-ones or the way things are going, maybe in a four-on-one. I want to see him get across left to right on some of those um, odd man rushes and make two or three saves that he should not do. And that, I think, is the next step to his improvement. And I'm curious uh, if I'm going to be sitting next to any scouts tonight up in press row or if they put him somewhere else. I wonder, uh, wonder who's going to be at the game tonight. Yeah, it's a very small press area, so just make sure you body up there and get some space for yourself. Got it covered. Got it covered. Okay, and send us some videos and such. Definitely. Uh, we thank you for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. For your next lesson, check out Lockdown Sports today, that new podcast, biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. I'll have a busy day tomorrow recapping the Toronto VGK game. Back again tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.